Hey now, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, and this episode is the audio from a panel that we recently did for PAX Online called The Most Influential Video Games of the Past Decade. And it consists of myself, Silence Knight, Booster Greg, and Pumpkinberry. We originally did this one live at PAX East, but unfortunately, we weren't able to release that audio due to some tech issues, so we were excited to get the chance to do it again. If you'd prefer to watch the panel where you can see our faces and footage of the games that we talk about, you can do so over at youtube.com slash thegeekgeneration. But if you'd prefer the audio version, you're in the right place. So here we go. Hey now, and welcome to the most influential video games of the past decade. We are your panelists for this particular panel, and I will introduce all of us in just a moment. Uh, first of all, I am Rob Logan. I am the founder of the Geek Generation Network and the host of the Geek Generation, Random Movie Club, Quantum Drive, and the Adventures of PB and Rob podcasts. Our next panelist is a regular on the Geek Generation and the most zen potato you will find on Twitch. He focuses on survival games, shooters, and shoutcasting. That is Silenced Night. How are you? I'm doing great. That's the best introduction I've ever had. Holy cow. I try my best. Next, he is a Twitch streamer and the host of Adapt This, a DC animated universe podcast and Avatar, the podcast on the Geek Generation Network as well. Booster Greg. Well, hello. Thank you for having me back. Mistakes will be made. Oh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> And last but certainly not least, for you original Roswell fans, she is the host of the Leaving Normal podcast on the Geek Gen Network, my co-host on the Adventures of PB and Rob, and the host of the gaming podcast, The Deep Dive. She's a full-time Twitch streamer focused on narrative games and also a resident GM for the role-playing channel Table Story. Pumpkinberry, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I'm very excited to be doing this panel today. Uh, we are going to be, like I said at the top, talking about the most influential video games of the past decade, but this is how it's going to work for us. Uh, this is not necessarily a, dis uh, a debate. It's a discussion. Um, these are games that were most influential to us. So as you're watching, you might disagree heavily with some of our opinions, but keep and in that's mind, okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I'm sure your lists would look very different than ours, but these are not necessarily the most influential ones to the video game industry as a whole, because who are we to say what those would be? All we can do is speak for ourselves. So we're going to be going through our top three each. And then if time provides, uh, we'll talk about some honorable mentions that just missed making it onto any of our lists. We all good? Ready to rock. Ready to rock. Well, then, we're going to hop right into our top threes. SK, what is your number three? My number three and pop possibly my most popular pick is Dark Souls. So Dark Souls uh, from is from FromSoft. Uh, they are the creators of such games as Demon Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, but they've also ran the Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and the, you know, the Souls series, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, if you've lived under a rock, Dark Souls is uh, an RPG, uh, single-player RPG. It has online elements, and uh, it's kind of the game that all games are compared to when it comes to like tenacity or how hard it is, whether that's yeah, a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Ex 
exactly it's like this is a you know what is cuphead oh it's the platformer dark souls you know it's yeah it's things like that it's definitely something that gets brought up constantly um the game has spawned so many memes as well that's another reason i think it's so it's so great there's just so many memes like i praise the sun constantly all the time <laughs> And uh, it's 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 just a great game. There's uh, all kinds of ways you can there's there's a way you can do multiplayer as well. It's got invasions, um, which is a way for sort of a one v one combat thing. But that's mm-hmm. also kind of memey as well. Uh, I would just say it's probably one of the hardest series of games I've ever played. And um, also uh, probably one of the most enjoyable because there's such a satisfaction of beating some of those like fantastically hard bosses that you spend. I think. I think in Dark Souls 2, I, I did 69 trials against the first boss. Like, it took me so many times. I was, yeah. like, sweating and dead by the end of it. But it's, it's, there's just so much satisfaction in, in finishing that. Uh, one more notable thing is yeah. that the uh, a Demon Souls reboot is coming soon. Uh, it is not from FromSoft, but it is a complete graphical reboot. And if they stay close enough to the source material, I, I'm kind of excited about it. That's the one I played. So I played I played Demon Souls, but I didn't play any of those other Souls games. Really? Yet. Yeah. Oh my Not gosh! Yet. So I've been wanting to. When? Yeah, yes. I know. I really <laughs> I enjoyed Demon Souls. I beat it on I think a, a somewhat not easy difficulty. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that process, but I don't know. I just never got around to doing Souls yet. Have the vinyl though, like a weirdo. <laughs> of course you do. Of, of course. course you do. <laughs> the soundtracks are good, man. Booster Greg. What is your number three? My number three um, is actually the first. I'm going to use this term, and I understand it has a negative connotation to it. But for me, it just doesn't. It just describes it. It's my first walking sim, quote unquote, that I Mm -hmm. ever played. And it's called The Stanley Parable. It came out in 2011, and it was uh, from developer Galactic Cafe. Mm -hmm. Now, this this game was recommended to me from a friend when I was working at GameStop. And it was during my, my zombie game phase. And he was just like, you have to play this game. And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just like killing zombies every day. And it's a wonderful existence that I have. He goes, no, trust me. And I go, what is this game about then? He goes, I can't tell you. Just play it. Just trust me. And he goes, if you don't like it, I will give you the money back for it. Side note, you have a weird definition of a great existence. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie apocalypse in a video game where death doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just you go back, you wake back up and you do it all over again. I love I used to I still do love zombie video games. And I think not were to give anything away. Just describing Stanley Parable or the zombie no. game. Wake up no, and no. do it all, all over again. Oh, oh man. Back. You're right. Oh jeez. Yeah. So between my three picks, I think it's just the perfect existence for me. I don't know about Rob. But <laughs> Definitely for not me. for me. No. <laughs> uh anyway, so I started playing it and I was quickly enamored with not only the narrator, but the 19 possible different uh, endings mm-hmm. that you can get throughout. And I think like everyone I or most people, I went through the first playthrough and I was like, oh, that's really neat. It's like, I don't know if this was worth the, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks that I put into it. <laughs> and then it just like brought me back to the beginning. And I was like, OK. And I went out the door and there's a a phone ringing or computer on that wasn't on the first time. And I somehow recognize that, which is unusual for me because I usually don't see those minor details as everyone who watches my stream is infuriated with. But I was like, that's different. What else is different? So I kept on kind of exploring and I went different ways. And all of a sudden I just had got this completely different ending. 
And for me, that was just like a, oh my God, I have to keep on playing this game. Mm -hmm. I have to find out how many endings I can possibly get. And there's such hilarious one. Well, this one's not hilarious, but there's one where you end up kind of like plummeting to your death. There's one where you just get locked into the starting office and that's just the end of the game. My favorite one is called the game's ending where you end up going into Minecraft randomly because the narrator yeah. just gets so frustrated. Just like, you know what? You know what? Here, is this what you want? And all of a sudden you're just in Minecraft for a couple or like a minute or two. It's so random, but it's so well executed. It's, it's so I, I love it so much. This sense of humor alone, the Groundhog Day like aesthetic, which is usually one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And the narrator, like the closet, which I think if anyone's played it knows exactly what I'm talking about. There is a random closet that you can keep on going into and the narrator just gets more frustrated with you. And then at some point you go to the closet and it's boarded up and he's just yeah. like there. <laughs> now you can't go back in there. Move on with your life. And I'm Move like, oh, on. but I want to. So good. Uh, this game got me into this whole like genre, right? So you have Gone Home, The Beginner's Guide, yep. What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, Superliminal, Outer Wilds. Like those are all kind of got me into this idea of a game is more than just running through shooting things in the head trying to get a high score annihilating whatever and it can just be an experience and a story mm -hmm. and that's it so i have a funny story for you yeah uh i played this i may have to told this story to you already but i played this game the first time i did that first loop the credits started rolling or something and i was streaming at the time so i was trying to do two things at once and i just was like oh okay that was fun and i shut it off i thought that was the end of the flipping game and then i'm i'm getting ready to record a deep dive podcast episode about this game that everybody loves so much and i'm just like guys i gotta tell you i don't think i liked it that much it was like all right but and then that's when i found out that you could yeah. do there was more to it so then i immediately had to disconnect and go go play but yeah yeah my first experience know. with uh stanley parable was the mod that was that predated the current version of the Stanley Parable because the one that's out there right now on Steam is not the original game. There was oh, one really? that had there was one that had less endings and it was a mod for Half Life. What? Yeah, it was like the first draft of the game, and I that's the one that, that I used to play. And uh, that's when I was teaching a video game design class. I would use that original version as something we would play through over the course of a period or two. And because it's such a meta game and it goes after so many of the design elements that exist and tropes that exist within games, it's a good way to kind of deconstruct them and have discussions about them. That's so very interesting. interesting. Has anybody here done all the endings? I've done no, most. I haven't done all. I'm on an achievement right now where you don't play the game for five years. Yeah. I, just I have got that, that last well, year. Yep. Technically, I'm doing that one, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't boot up the game until yeah. that happens. I've already booted up and achieved that one, so I'm very happy to have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PB, what is yes. your number three? Oh, my number three uh, is Mass Effect 2. And I chose Mass Effect 2, I think, because uh, I grew up on games like uh, Echo the Dolphin, Sonic, you know, the kind of uh, moving into platformers. Uh, Streets of Rage was another big one for me. Mm -hmm. And then I moved from there. I went into JRPGs and uh, kind of grew up, spent most of my time playing JRPGs. And then Mass Effect was the first game that I played that uh, was it was an RPG, but it wasn't a JRPG. And I just I will never forget the opening to the second game and how crazy it was. Um, 
I don't know what I can say with without spoilers, but everybody knows that that opening is just wild and nuts. And it just kind of turns everything over on its head from game one. And also it was just incredibly cinematic. Mm -hmm. And I was, I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes away from the screen. I was so into what was happening. And then a lot more ends up happening in Mass Effect 2, where your decisions, at least it seems like it matters. Characters can die. You yep. can have an in completely different playthrough of the end of that game than your friend. Oh, this person didn't make it for me, which was wild for me at the time. And then also it was a very character-driven game. Mm. And that's when I, I think, started to realize the, the thing I really enjoy about games is that that kind of character development or moments. It's what I liked in JRPGs that I hadn't been able to articulate. Those side quests where you go and you learn so much mm. about that person. You know, I really feel like I'm traveling along in Final Fantasy VII. I feel like I know the people that are in my party. I feel attached to them. Um, and I felt that way in Mass Effect too. And I just thought it was, I just thought it did a lot that I hadn't seen before. And I think... Industry speaking too, it did a lot that many games after it tried to then replicate. Oh, tried absolutely. tried to be the same as Mass yep. Effect 2. Totally. So there's a lot there too. It's also pretty meme-y. There's also some memes in, in Mass <laughs> Effect 2. Bring back to what SK was saying. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was, that was my number three. That's a series that I have yet to delve into. I've watched so gameplay here and there. I like it a lot. Wow, but I'm so glad feels... I didn't spoil the opening for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, because I haven't played it either. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I yeah. All right. It feels like a m massive task to yeah, eventually. That's there. for you, Greg. That's for you. Don't Greg. think I missed that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's um, that was actually one of the ones that was on my initial list before we were kind of like, oh, let's just make sure we don't have too too much overlap. Um, that this series is actually one of my favorites that my brother is my youngest brother right now is kind of like self quarantining just in a different state. Um, so he's just like, I need games. So I gave him Alan Wake and I gave him the Mass Effect series. And I was just like, this should last you a good amount of time. Just yeah. don't like rush Take through anything time with it. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely that was also one of the ones where I was like, things kind of matter. I think like there was a <laughs> decision I made in Mass Effect one that paid off in Mass Effect two. Yes. that I didn't think would happen. And I was like, yeah. that's really oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you're, and actually you get completely different side quests too, depending yeah. on what you did in Mass oh, Effect really? 1. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Actually. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. really cool. That. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, you know, it's a very good point about Mass Effect. Cause I don't know if games had been doing that yet at that point. My memory is kind of trash for the further back we go, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it, it started that or it was I mean, a it big, was one of the first for sure. Yeah. I think. yeah. It, it certainly brought attention on. to it. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I do know that the Mass Effect, because it was Bioware originally that had that, the tree, the like the way they characters spoke. And they did that in the other game that I have yet to play, but it's the Star Wars one, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. So they yep. did yep. it in that game, game first, and then they did it in the Mass Effect series. And it was unique at the time, but we see it a mm -hmm. lot more now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See it a lot more now. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is of no surprise to anybody who knows me and barely <laughs> makes it onto this list because the first one came out in 2009. So I just made it in there. Um, actually, no, that's not in, the first one came out just before. Um, yeah. Batman, 
the entire Arkham franchise. And no one was surprised. Nobody mm-hmm. was surprised Not about ever. the Batman stuff. As a... <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in on Batman Cup. Yep, nothing. Yeah. No surprises whatsoever. Um, so the Batman video games up to this point didn't really have a stellar reputation. I think kind of comic book games in general, just really, there were a lot of license licensing in general to video games was never a hugely successful thing. Uh, but in the Arkham franchise, like, the fighting mechanic alone has been copied by so many games, things like Shadow of Mordor, uh, the more recent Spider-Man game for PS4, all have versions of that fighting system because it was mm-hmm. done so, so well. Something that it also innovated, I don't know, if again, if it was kind of the first to do this, but it's definitely the one that popularized it, and that's the detective mode that you have in those games. So where you're able to view the entire world through a different lens and it allows you to uncover clues to see enemies to see things that you wouldn't normally see the only huge drawback being that some people played the entire game in detective mode and like never really got to see the cool environments and graphics that were around them Mm -hmm. because it's it was such a useful mode that people didn't ever want to drop out of it in fear that they would miss something um, but you add on to that things like the uh, the stealth predator challenges, a great story. Uh, like you had said, Mass Effect was very cinematic. The Arkham games are very cinematic as well. This franchise just kind of delivers on every single aspect. So and they've even hopped from like studio to studio. Uh, they had Ubisoft Montreal do one of the games and or just Warner Brothers Montreal or one of those. Um, and it ended up being some people say less, but I say just as good as the other ones within the same franchise. Yeah. Origins Origins gets a, a bad rap, I think, because it's not the original dev. But like, yeah, for me, it's like if someone recreated the Mona Lisa and did like a fantastic job, but you can still kind of tell it's not the original, but it's still amazing. But mm-hmm. it still has a little bit of a thing that's different. It's <laughs> wonderful. And and um, the voice acting on that game was amazing, too. Mm-hmm. They got Troy Baker as the Joker and Roger Craig Smith as yeah, Batman. That's right. Two people that have been on the Geek Generation podcast, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. Thanks. There it is. That's what we're here for. Um, let's hop into our number twos. SK, what is yours? Okay, so I'm going to go for my most popular pick, I think. To okay. what I predict would be my least popular pick, <laughs> but I completely stand by it. That's Apex Legends from 2019. Uh, Apex is obviously by Respawn, who is the creators of Titanfall 1 and 2, basically the Titanfall universe. Uh, the game is actually itself set in the Titanfall universe, but uh, and it shares the same lore. It actually has a pretty rich lore considering what style of gameplay it is, which is a, a BR. And I think that uh, while BR might be what makes this an unpopular opinion, we we can't like neglect what BRs have become in mm, the industry and how, how much they've changed the video gaming industry. Um, and I think that Apex has done it better than anybody yet because they've included so many. It's almost like a polished version of the BR experience. They've taken um, they've taken lore and and heroes from things like Overwatch. In fact, they they very closely studied Overwatch when making the game. I think the devs have even mentioned as much. Uh, they've taken the traditional BR, you know, gameplay with the randomness, the rings, things like that, and then they've wrapped it around this very fun, fast paced, polished uh, gameplay, which is. Mm-hmm. As a person who plays a lot of FPS, Apex has the most satisfying movement I've ever experienced in a video game. Like, it's just satisfying to play the game. And I really hope that starts to set the standard 
for uh, games going forward when it comes to that fast paced action uh, because it's it's second to none. Anytime I played any game since that are in the BR genre, I just I can't stand how either clunky or slow they feel compared. So um, I think that's I think that's really uh, what sets it apart. And again, like I said, it takes what's great from like a game like Overwatch, which is finding characters that you can sort of really get involved with and Mm -hmm. really believe in or get wrapped up in and sort of like go along with their story and then put that in the BR sort of style of gameplay. Um, I think that's awesome. I think it's been hugely popular, too. It had 70 million uh, players at its peak. I don't know if they haven't reported since. I assume that's its peak, but that's that's a ton of people playing. That was back in October uh 2019 yeah their business um, model's been fantastic too on top of just the game itself it's been crazy it's surprising that it was because um respawn was not expecting it to become what it was yeah first of all they went with a crazy model which was they dropped it out of the sky there was no hype for this game there was nothing and they just said hey we got a game for you play it and they released it free and it's been a hit and uh, i know they've had some struggles with like games as a live service because you know, it's like they've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I think Titanfall one and two um, were both just released games that they didn't really have to uh, support. But they, I think they've done a pretty good job. They've had some bumps along the way, but after they got rolling, it's been fantastic. And uh, season six is up in like five days, I believe, with uh, some new map changes, new hero, more lore, in-game events, and surprises coming. So I'm like, I'm still stoked about it six seasons later, and I don't think I can say that about any other uh, FPS game I've played, maybe other than Overwatch. I think Overwatch mm. is the other game that, that does that for me. So yeah, if you're looking it's, for some spicy it. Apex gameplay, you can head on over to twitch.tv slash silenced underscore night. Who, who's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've done, you're so good at plugs. I'm going to hire you full time. <laughs> you should be a manager. Oh, maybe. <laughs> you should yes. be. You should be. <laughs> uh, number two for Booster Greg. So remember in the first bit when I was like, it's pretty much just zombies is my whole life, all the zombies all the time, and that's Mm -hmm. the only games I played. Well, guess what? I'm talking about a zombie game. Uh, This (laughs) one's a little bit different, though. This one is The Walking Dead, specifically season one from Telltale. This was the first Telltale game that I ever played. I was aware of those games, but I never really touched them up until this one. And I played it at the end of the first season release. So they did a physical um launch edition or whatever like a disc and i was working at gamestop at the time and at gamestop you can this is a big company secret that everyone knows you can actually borrow a game for up to four days as long as you just bring it back so i was like oh cool like i've heard some stuff about this let me borrow it i borrowed it and we had plenty of copies i got a call the next day which was my day off saying you have to bring it back that's the last copy that we have in stock and we have to sell it right now wow and i was almost done i was one um episode away in the season no yeah so i like this game so much i returned it and the woman was not a very nice woman who was buying it so i was just like fine take this you don't deserve this whatever (laughs) i ended up just purchasing the whole season digitally Mm. on my xbox 360 and since then i now own it on 360 xbox one playstation 4 and pc i'm not gonna buy it on epic though again nope it has on my steam library and that's one copy of pc is enough for me um he says right now so i say right now (laughs) if it gets cheap enough we'll see what happens (laughs) but yeah so this was my first telltale game like i said it's not my favorite but it's what got me into this whole kind of Mm. um life is strange until dawn dark pictures anthology 
anthology Detroit kind of style where it had the illusion of choice. But if you don't play too many of them, you don't really notice that it's yeah. illusion. Right. Yeah. Uh, and some of the smaller things do matter. And again, that game to game decision making does kind of change what will happen in future seasons. But yeah, that's my that's my pick. Yeah, it's hard to ignore the Walking Dead game. It had a huge yeah. impact on the industry as a whole. So that's one that absolutely you can include as like an industry maker as well. Put yeah. Telltale on the map. It put mm -hmm. uh, it put that type of game on the map. I mean, growing up with LucasArts games, we kind of knew Telltale anyway, if you were into those games. Yeah. But it wasn't until The Walking Dead came out that people were like, oh, yeah, Telltale. We know that. Right. All right. PB, you're number two. Yes, my number two is definitely not an industry uh, well-known one, although it should be. Um, it's the Cat Lady. And it is a 15-hour, I want to say, therapy game. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a horror game, and it's re it's, it can be pretty gory. And there are some very um, intense moments mm. in this game. But I remember... It's it's one of the first games I played on stream and but it is the game that I decided I wanted to be a streamer after I played it. So, um it it's I it starts out pretty intensely and you think it's just the, your average horror game and then maybe 5 minutes in you're having a conversation with uh, a being that's calling itself Oh god, I can't even remember now what she calls herself. But it, to me, it immediately was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like depression personified speaking to you mm -hmm. here. This is like a mental illness speaking directly to you. She was saying all the things that, you know, it, it was, it, it stopped me in my tracks and I went, okay, maybe this isn't just a horror game. And it sure, surely was not. The more you played it, the more you kind of unraveled um, what was going on. And, and the use of black and white was specific and the use of color was specific. And it's like, you know, you get towards the end of the game and the sky is blue and you go, oh, my God, I haven't seen the sky blue for the last 15 hours in the game. And then you go, oh, my God, that's exactly what that's like. Mm. Yeah. So I, I feel like it was a game that was made to either explain to someone who doesn't understand what it's like to live with you know, depression, it was either made that way or it was a self kind of like a love letter to that past self. Like, Hey, you know, we made it through this or to anybody else that may be experiencing that. And it was just the whole chat. And I just kind of went, Whoa, what was that? That was a masterpiece. That was a work of art. And we talked about it for 45 minutes afterwards. And, you know, I was very new to streaming at the time and just sitting and talking was not something that you really kind of did. Uh, but we did it for that game. And it, I imagine it, you'd have to. Me. I mean, if you would play that off stream on your own time, the experience could have been totally different to where you're just left sitting with everything yes. from it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was helpful that we got to sit and process that. But yeah, that's one of one of my favorite games of all time. It's the number one thing I recommend to people. I do. I do try to warn everybody and say it can be quite mm -hmm. heavy, but definitely should be played. Um especially if you like games that, you know, make you think or just give you an alternate perspective. That's yeah. very, very good. And then when you're done with it, you can hop on over to the Deep Dive podcast and listen to oh, like yes. a two-hour episode on it. Yes, which, by the way, I just have to throw this out there because I feel so vindicated. Uh, I put all of my theories on like, you know, 
what oh queen of maggots is what she calls herself mm. she calls herself the queen of Ma maggots and decay which is just like oh anyway uh so i put all my crazy theories out and the creator actually ended up tweeting and saying oh, yes that's awesome that is exactly what i had intended so i was like yes <laughs> I, I got what you were putting down so good but yeah, and there's like two other two other games in that series. It's a trilogy, mm. um, but they're all great. But the Cat Lady will forever be uh, my favorite. Now, I wanted to go even further than Robin asked. Do you have those recorded somewhere? I do, actually. I do. So the I think the second half of the playthrough is still on my Twitch channel highlighted. Wow. Uh, the first half I thought I had lost. And then someone actually gave it to me like three years later when we met in person was like, I've been waiting to give this to you. I have a USB. It's your first half of your playthrough of the cat. That's lady. amazing. Like, That's so <gasps> wild. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I've been meaning to upload that and put it together on YouTube because it was quite the experience. There's also a really adorable moment. <laughs> Where I'm like, wow, there's 11 people in here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, baby, baby streamer PB. That's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty magical moment. Um, that game. Yeah. And it's, it, it made me realize I wanted to play more games like it and share more games like it and just have that kind of dialogue with other people. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so my number two is a game that has been mentioned in a way already. I know I'm not the only one that would have put this on my list. Uh, right, mm -hmm. SK? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not I'm not big into FPS games in general. Um, I, I've never spent much time in multiplayer games because I always felt like I had to rely on either teammates or the internet being uh, up to speed <laughs> the way it should be. And I just always kind of feared those toxic interactions that kind of come with a competitive online game. But I am still to this day uh, rather addicted to Overwatch. Um, it is one of the first games that I've played that has consistent changes and like new content rollouts all the time. Like I feel like something's always fresh, even if they're not hugely innovating their seasonal events every time the fact that they even have seasonal events and those change throughout the year kind of gives you a reason to keep going back even if you're just like me and you want all the skins and that's the reason but this is a game i legitimately play every single day it's, were they the first ones to do that to have the seasonal stuff yeah, with the like um, skins and stuff like that in the holiday. I mean, I know that MMOs were doing it, like right, Guild Wars Two. Shout right. out to Guild Wars Two. But like, I I I think they might have been the first FPS to do that. Really, right? It's the first to memory, at least for me. It's I definitely can't think of one. Yeah, SK it's definitely one that kind of popularized it. Yeah, especially yeah, specifically with the like seasonal costumes. Mm -hmm. I think is oh, what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. And I know I know that there are other games like you know COD and stuff will do the you unlock that uh, costumes and things, but I don't think they have like seasonal stuff or celebrations or anything like that. Yeah. The, um, the slow release of the lore too. And Naska, you mentioned this a little bit when you were talking mm. about apex, uh, we get bits and pieces and, and mostly through game content, but they've actually gone out into other areas as well. We get the, the cinematics alone. Like we could talk about those forever because they're so beautifully crafted and well animated and acted and everything. Um, they have comic books to even deepen the lore and when they don't have time to get it into some areas. And the fact that they're still like holding back stuff that we're still waiting for. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Overwatch 2 is on the horizon. 
Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Like, I get it. It's a smart business model, but I'm like, come on, give me, give me all the lore. <laughs> yep. I want to know more about these characters. Um, so Overwatch, yeah, is is just a hugely amazing, influential game. And I still remember the the time that I was at PAX when it was showing on the floor for the first time at PAX East, and I randomly bumped into uh, Jerry from Penny Arcade, who uh, people know as Tycho, um, as one half of the Penny Arcade duo. And I, I did a quick like walk and talk with him. And I was like, hey, what game are you excited about this year? And he was like, have you seen Overwatch? And I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. it becomes this like huge phenomena. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's just a really cool game that I've had a lot of time playing with friends. Yeah, I, re- I remember that first uh, PAX that it, they I think they debuted it at PAX. I feel like I that was the first so. I heard of it. Yeah. So uh, my buddy Dave Serge and I all just waited in line to play this game. We waited like three or four hours, something ridiculous. And after that, I was just like, I need this game. I want this game. I, mm-hmm. I'll buy a new computer. I don't care. I want to play this game immediately. It was just amazing. And it's just grown since. Yeah, this game would definitely be on my list if, if Rob hadn't stolen it. I mean, I still play this game at least <laughs> once a week. <laughs> well, I, I, you know. No, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's such a good game. I'm sitting in an Overwatch chair. I have map Overwatch uh, po- uh, posters on the wall yep. back here, framed. I have Overwatch gear everywhere. I'm, I am I love it. Um, it's It's been very important to me, and I, I'll keep playing. I'm really excited about Overwatch 2. It it really is one of those games that just gets you in the universe mm-hmm. so, like for which is something i don't think fps's and games like that ever really tried to do um especially competitive and online ones like yeah. it was all about the gameplay and then overwatch came in and said no it's more than the gameplay we can get you invested in the world we can get you invested in the characters you're a hero we need more heroes and yeah. you feel every time you watch these cinematics you feel like you're a part of them i get chill i'm ta- i got chills right now i'm talking about it and i've got chills <laughs> i love it i love it and i can't wait for overwatch too okay yeah. we are moving then into our top Picks, top ones, <laughs> first picks. Uh, SK, what's your number one? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Greg for a moment here. I'm gonna say, remember that time when we <laughs> we could go outside before a global pandemic? You remember that time when oh. everyone was outside walking around? Remember when the whole world was happy at one point, all for one day or for one month? I'm talking, of course, about Pokemon Go, uh, which came out in 2016. Pokemon Go is arguably one of probably the most impactful mobile game. I would say it's right up there. Yes. It, it's huge. I and I think I still remember where I was for that first couple of weeks. I still can see the people walking around, everything that was going on. It was just the streets were littered with people playing this game. People that played traditional games, people that didn't play traditional games because they heard about my boss started playing and she had never played a game in her life. And she was like, I heard about this Pokemon Go game. I'm in. Let's go. And she was out playing with us. It, it was fantastic. Anybody um, want to go out for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> we did. We would skip lunch to go for walks. We would eat our lunch uh, on the walks. And there was people. And we'd just look at them and we'd be like, you playing Pokemon Go? And they're like, yup. And it was, it was a crazy time. Um, obviously, since then, it is not had that same level of outdoor activity from uh-huh. everyone. But I would... I would say that it is still super impactful. In fact, recently, I can't remember which month, um, Niantic 
uh, Niantic, who who created the game, posted one of their most successful months for the game since its launch. I mean, it was oh, wow. it was varied. It's still wildly popular um, because they've added. I know a lot of people stepped away from the game, but they've added so much since the traditional just catching and then the basic raids, you know, basic style stuff like that. They have added. They have expanded that so much. There is uh, Team Rocket is in the game now. The Team Rocket boss is in the game. Um, there's a PvP league where you can earn rewards. There are there's trading with friends. You can do battles with friends. Um, they've got shadow Pokemon. They've got purifying Pokemon. Jesse and James just hit the game. And on top of that, because it's an outdoor game with the global pandemic being mentioned, um, they've added a lot of at-home gameplay as well. That's uh, nice. Remote raiding, remote um, battling, things like that. They've added so much more. In fact, Team Rocket now comes to you on balloons. Mm-hmm. Instead of traditionally you had to go to Pokestops for that. Now they come to you on these balloons oh, and you can battle them in your home. Um, incense now spawns Pokemon at a high rate. So you can just spawn Pokemon in your home. Nice, nice. Uh, they've done so much. It's it's actually super, super fun. They've added a full-blown AR mode, buddy mode, friend mode. You can have your Pokemon in with other people playing with each other. It's it's really a cutting edge uh, game for as far as mobile go, uh, games go. And, and I still love it. I still play it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I, I got into it when it first came out in that like first initial boom. I didn't stick with it eventually because at one point my account logged out and I tried logging back in and it didn't work. And I was like, the addiction is broken. I'm free. <laughs> yeah, I'm free. I, I never got into it, but I did know like everybody, everyone I knew was playing it. Um, my best friend uh, and her partner lost like 10 pounds because they were walking more than they ever had before. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Gotta yeah, hatch was, those eggs. I remember <laughs> how gotta. crazy, it, I remember how crazy it was. But um, Greg, don't you have a story to share about Pokemon oh. Go? Yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot I, again. I actually it's too good of a story. So, <laughs> so yeah, when Mrs. Boost and I were uh, first of all, we everyone listening, everyone here has already made this blood pact with me. But if you're watching this, we are now in a blood pact where we cannot tell Mrs. Boost this story. So when we when Mrs. So put Boost it on and the I, internet, <laughs> on, put it on the internet. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so when Mrs. Boost and I were house house hunting. We ended up choosing the house that I'm in partly because at the time I couldn't find a Bulbasaur at all. Like I just didn't have one. And we're sitting here waiting to be let into the house for the open house. And I just open up Pokemon Go as you do when you go to a new location, just seeing what's around and all of that. And not only are there four, four to five Pokestops within walking distance of this house, but a Bulbasaur was like literally right in front of my character, <laughs> just staring me right in the face. And it was just like, don't you want to live here? And I was like, yes, yes, I do Bulbasaur. <laughs> and since then, to this day, yes, I talked to the Bulbasaur. To this day, a at least one Bulbasaur spawns a day, at least. It's not you're, right now. I opened you're up You're a Bulbasaur my phone. dealer, aren't you? Yes, yes. So if you ever come to Bulbasaur's <laughs> R Us... Uh, on the Geek Generation, over if you listen to that episode, the Geek Generation podcast, you will hear that story in a little more detail, I believe. But <laughs> yeah, every day there's just a Bulbasaur. I have a Bulbasaur waiting to trade to SK whenever I see him next, so he can get I a Bulbasaur wait. fresh from Bulbasaur's R Us. 
<laughs> I can't wait. It'll be my most prized Pokemon. <laughs> we, you told this story. Uh, you told the story at PAX East this year, right? Yeah. And people yep. lined up to, to, to do Bulbasaur trade with you afterwards. Greg is the used car salesman of Bulbasaur. You need a, you need a Bulbasaur. I got a Bulbasaur got just a Bulbasaur for, you. for you. We got him high right in away, HP. Yeah. We got him high in attack. We got him high in defense. You need whatever you need. We got it. Bulbasaurs are us. There it is. You're beautiful. I love it. Uh, Greg, we're moving yes. on to you. Oh, geez. I forgot what number. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, <laughs> remember. <one. laughs> hey, remember. Remember when I worked at GameStop? When I worked at GameStop? <laughs> that was a big hit over my stream for a while. That was, that no was doubt, a crazy no time. Doubt. Anyways, uh, remember when I talked about just zombie games? That's all I was playing. Well, I yes. don't. Again, this is just the theme of today. Zombies and redos. I'm talking about another zombie game. This one hit me a little bit different than all the other ones, because not only is it a stealth game, but it prioritized a cinematic experience and human connection above just shooting zombies in the head. And ammo was actually pretty limited, so you couldn't really just go run and gunning. I'm talking about The Last of Us, which came out in 2013 from Naughty Dog. This is easily my... If not number one, number two, favorite game of all time, period. Not only was the first, what was the 30 minutes, whatever that mark was, just so impactful and brings you into the world. It makes you fall in love with this character who's lost his way and has almost lost everything to live for and is just going through an existence until he meets Ellie. Uh, this, I just can't even say... I can't verbalize how much I love this game. And I did a re fairly recent playthrough of this um, over my Twitch channel. It was right before Last of Us Part Two was supposed to hit. And it just held up for me. I'm not generally a stealth gamer, but this one just, I don't know, it just felt really good to me. It felt like the stealth mechanics worked the way I thought they should. And they never really steered me in the wrong direction. And they always kept me guessing to the point where, well, I don't want to give any spoilers in case anyone hasn't played it for some crazy reason, but there was a character where I was just like, oh, this is going to happen with them, and it didn't, and it, I was just completely wrong. Now, since then, The Last of Us Part Two has come up. This one still tops it for me just by more, a bit. I'm not saying anything more. I know, okay. I know. I will um, murder you. <laughs> in a brutal fashion, like in right a game called The Last of Us. Yes, I won't even <laughs> yeah. hear her coming. It, it'll just happen. This game also uh, had a really good bow and arrow mechanic, which was another big trend that happened over the past decade. Yes, yes. So, yeah, but this this one, just it just felt good. It felt right. I always wanted to just see what was happening next. I, I would play this until 3 o'clock in the morning because I just didn't want it to end. I would have not great dreams at that point, but still, it was just, it gripped me. The voice acting was amazing. The direction was amazing. All of it was just treated as a movie. And it wasn't just a, or I, I say just a telltale game, as if that wasn't just my top two pick right before. <laughs> but it was a, a little more immersive than that mm. and, a, and a little more realistic to me. So... That's this one, one was on my list too and then when i saw your list i was like okay cool greg's got it yeah Good. you know i, I don't have to game. i don't have to put it up here as a contender <laughs> all right i have not played the game actually it's oh no so what uh, it's so i'll good. tell you why there's one reason i actually watch people play it specifically i do not like stealth games it's like something yeah. that gives me 
the most internal anxiety mm-hmm. to play stealth games. And so I don't find the games fun. Even if I like the story, even if the art's great, the music's great, something about that constant stealth anxiety ruins the game for me. So I'm like, I'll just watch somebody else play it and get the story. Yeah. I don't like sneaking. I get that still with underwater timers. Even in Sonic. Oh, yeah. When you start yeah, running out of air and it's yeah, like, yeah. boop, boop. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah SK basically described my experience with the game. I did play through the entire thing. Uh, and I and for me, that's very rare because it is a zombie game. And people know yeah. that I despise everything that has mm-hmm. zombies in it. But uh, the reason the anti Greg, <laughs> I, I was going to say I'm the anti Rob. <laughs> the reason that I um, that I had to give it a shot is because it's a Naughty Dog game. And Naughty Dog is just so, so incredibly impressive about the, the games that they produce. Yeah. The, and they have a little Easter egg in Last of Us Part One. That's from Uncharted. There's a bar that I think was Uncharted Two or Three took mm-hmm. place in, and you actually yes. go there you in Last of Us, which is really really cool. What I think hits me different with the stealth in this game specifically is that a lot of the quote unquote zombies or the the cordyceps they don't see you. It's all hearing based, mm-hmm. and for me, it's easier to sneak around without making a sound than it is to sneak around without being seen. Yeah, because you're usually in third person, so you can never tell, like, can they see me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just, and that it, also had that detective difficult. vision, too. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm kind of thinking sense, about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. TB, you're number one. Yes, my number one, which I had to fight with SK for it. Uh, you absolutely the, did. <laughs> I definitely did. Came out in 2014, uh, The Talos Principle. Mm. Now, Greg, last time we talked about this, you hadn't played it. Have you played it yet? No, you've hurt me. You've wounded I'm, it's downloaded. It's downloaded. It's downloaded. I should have played that last night. I was on stream and I was like, I don't have anything to play. What should I play? And people were like fall guys. And I was like, sure, I'll play fall. I should have played some of this. You should have played this one. But well, when af- you do, after. we're going to talk about it. Yes, it's, sure. it's incredibly good. And if you like philosophy and you like uh, a relaxing experience and you like maybe challenging your perspective, this is definitely the game for you. And nice. you like puzzles because yes. it's got a lot of puzzles say, as well. Puzzles. Yep. Yep. And the soundtrack. I I still put the soundtrack on every Sunday morning, like right before I'm about to make breakfast or do my chores and listen to it. It's so good. That 100%. It's just, it's incredible. It's great. It is a masterpiece and not enough people know about it. How I feel about uh, that one. <laughs> that, that game is probably would be my number one for sure if PB hadn't taken it. Uh, it it is is probably the best game I've ever played. It is the best game I've ever streamed, and is definitely probably the best game I've ever watched because I watched PB play some of it. So yeah, I would say it just knocks it out of the park as an experience. It's everything you mentioned is is fantastic. It's one of the ones that I will continually check when I have some spare time. I'll look in the directory and see mm. if anybody's playing it, and then I'll just go and lurk and watch somebody play it because it's that yeah. Same for me. It's the one it's probably the number one game I do that for. I'm like, yeah. hmm, I want to watch something. I'm gonna go see who's playing the Talos Principle, and I'll I don't it doesn't big or small. I'll hop right in, just watch yeah. along and talk to him. It's really, really, really good. Been sitting in my Steam library for I know. years. God, a How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, my number one is uh, one of the games that kind of got me interested in indie games to even begin with because I didn't realize I I was just I grew up with like all the consoles and yeah I played stuff on the computer throughout my life here and there but I I never really was aware of the indie scene that was slowly emerging over time 
And this is the game that kind of brought my attention to that. It's also the first procedurally generated game uh, that I had ever played, which was a crazy concept to me. Just wrapping my brain around the idea of the amount of programming it would take to put together a game that was different every single time you played it was insane. And to like this level of quality and yet still different every single time you played it. And that's uh, the Binding of Isaac, which even 10 years later uh, at this point, it remains infinitely replayable just due to the uh, amount of content in the game and the unlockable endings. And they're still not done with it, which is the other crazy thing too. So like, again, like Edmund McMillan was on the podcast, the Geek Generation podcast fairly recently. And I asked him about why he keeps going back to this game even after 10 years. And yes, they are working on what they're saying is the final DLC for this game now. But he said that of all the games he's made, this one speaks to him. This and the end is nigh speak to him the most as just true expressions of what he was trying to convey about himself through a video game. He's like, it's the most honest thing I've ever made. And maybe mm. that's why people latch onto it so much because it's not, he didn't go out there just to make a game. He went out there to share an experience and an honest experience at that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, like I said, infinitely replayable. A large part of that is due to the fact that it is uh, procedurally generated and you do get new things. Like there's there's people who play this game and they get to a point where they fight mom, which is the first big boss, the first big boss of the game. And then it rolls the credits like you would see in the Stanley Parable. And some people assume that's the end of the game. That's like the first hurdle because now you've unlocked this whole other part of the game and that just keeps happening so as you beat certain bosses you unlock and sometimes you have to beat a boss like three times to unlock there are things that are unlockable that require such weird workarounds and ways to even get them unlocked that you wouldn't probably ever stumble upon it if you didn't go to the wiki for this game like it's so dense and so deep but that is one of the things that's just so good about it because you never really feel like you're done with it so I think those are our top threes mm-hmm. really quick. Let's throw it to some honorable mentions. We don't have a ton of time for them, but we can at least mention them. Can I go first? Cause I yeah. got some, boy, do, do I have some. Go ahead. Okay. So I just, okay. Two games that I just played recently. Mm-hmm. Outer Wilds came out in 2019 masterpiece. Go play mm-hmm. that game Great immediately. Game. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Second one, Hellblade, which I think came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Have you all played that? Hellblade. I haven't beat Hellblade. It's in my library. I haven't loaded it up yet. You haven't loaded I, it up? I, you haven't loaded it up? I've been meaning to forever. And I think Hellblade's also really important too, because that's from Ninja Theory, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. yes. Hellblade yes. did something where they created like this new category of game. It's not a triple A game. It's not an indie game. It's in this in-between where the cost allows them to take risks and make games that look like triple A games, but still affordable. Well, but yeah, but they're they they are technically an indie studio. It's not a AAA game. They I mean, well, I'm just saying it looks like a AAA game. It does look yeah. like a AAA yeah. game, but it was from That's an indie true. studio. Yeah. So it's a it's a big deal for the indie game scene. Mm-hmm. It won a whole bunch of awards with with good reason. There's like crazy stories behind, you know, um, the, the I think it was I want to say it was the video editor for that game, uh, or somebody who worked at the studio just did some voice lines and they were like, you're so good at this. Please 
voice the whole game. That's like, wild. It, yeah. It's just, it's, it's another cat lady for me. I finished it and was like, that was a masterpiece. Uh, I think I had two more. Uh, Beyond Two Souls, which mm -hmm. was original honor. I flip and love that game. They, I cried. It, it, I debated a really long time about including it in my top three. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely one of my, definitely has to be an honorable mention. I think that was it. Other than uh, No Man's Sky, which mm. I oh, love. Yeah. yeah, Because that's a game that I was really hyped about. It came out and then it, it, it was bad. It was, I couldn't even play it on boot up launch day and it went through a rough patch but then they delivered they kind One of turned of the greatest it around turnarounds in video yeah, game history absolutely yep. yeah i and i think that's worth mentioning that absolutely. they kind of turned that around and they're still doing updates for the game that are completely free and i'm just it blows my mind and it's yep. fun it's so good and the story's great so yeah sk honorable mentions yeah you know pb steals all my all my top three <laughs> she steals all my honorable mentions that's okay that's okay i i will just say that no man's sky yes is fantastic and uh Outer Wilds is probably one of the best games I've played in the last few years. Um, yeah. But I wanted to just add uh, Subnautica, first of all, yeah. which was a fantastic game. And and actually, in the survival series, probably a success story because you know a lot of a lot of survival games end up in that trap of early mm -hmm. access forever. Well, so yeah. Subnautica actually released, which is which is great on its own. Uh, the game is fantastic. The story is good, and it's really really fun to play. It's probably one of my favorite survival games I've played. And then also, I just want to say Stardew Valley because it's hard to ignore Stardew Valley. It really is. Yeah. yeah, that is a lot of fun. The ultimate chill game. It's so much fun to just pop on some music and and play that game for and hours. Everyone time. kind of got obsessed with Stardew Valley too, yeah, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was kind of across everyone. It's a lot like um, it's a lot like the the game that just came out. Uh, Animal Crossing. Everybody. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Oh yeah. It's Animal that style Crossing. of game where yeah. everybody kind of is into it. I can't mm -hmm. believe I could remember AC, but <laughs> it's, it, okay. it's it's that type of game. Everybody yeah. loves it. Uh, honorable mentions real quick. I'm a big fan of apparently trends in gaming. So Tomb Raider, the 2013 reboot was, was a big one for me. Not only did it feel really gritty and visceral, man, were those death scenes just horrible to watch. It also had really good bow and arrow mechanics. I'm going to throw in the DMC reboot because not only is it great, it had that very same uh, Constantine the movie aesthetic that I really enjoyed. I wasn't super invested in Devil May Cry. I had played one and two, but I wasn't so much in the lore. So when this one came out, it was like that cool, like early 2000s, like, I don't know, a perfect circle vibe to it. And I was totally feeling that. And I still totally feel it to this day. And it was just amazing. Um, I'm, I am going to also just double double down on outer wilds because that game you watch different streamers play it, you watch different people play it and it's like they're making their way through their life so yeah. i remember watching pb streaming it and she was very like methodical I was like what does this mean what does this mean and i'm just like what's down here Boop -de -doop -de -doop -de -doop. and then i get transported to like this different place i'm like what happened yeah i just love watching people learn it yes yeah. more yeah. or less so those are mine cool uh, the only two I had for my honorable mentions, one, uh, Greg, you had talked about walking simulators a little bit. Mm. Gone Home uh, is yes. one of the best mm. walking sims I've played. Absolutely. Uh, I, obviously, I won't spoil anything about it, but uh, there were a lot of things about that game that I did not see coming and uh, would highly, highly recommend people check it out. Plus, mm. it's set in the 90s, and that's just a nice time to think about, especially right now. Sure. Uh, and the other one is Quiplash just because of what it did for kind of Twitch interactivity. That wasn't a big thing at the time. Like when that came out, it was stuff like that and like Choice Chamber, like that were just kind of breaking into the interactivity with your stream and with your community. 
And I think it deserves credit for kind of making that a popular thing that a lot of games have adopted at this point. Yeah, even Detroit Become Human just released a Twitch interactive. Oh, wow, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Probably mm-hmm. for voting, right? Yeah. That's cool. I don't know, because I, I played it the day it came out, sure. so I don't yeah. know what it exactly does. But yep. yeah, it's supposed to be something like that. Very cool. All right. So as we wrap this up, I want to give everybody an opportunity to kind of say their farewells and plug all the things that they want to. I know I didn't mention everything that everyone wanted to get out there. So uh, SK, where can we find you on the internet and what do you do? Well, I'm Silence Night everywhere. I stream. I also do a little shoutcasting if you're looking for a shoutcaster. Just a little plug there. But yeah, I'm over on twitch.tv slash silenced underscore night. That's night with a K. Uh, I'm there four days a week uh, in the afternoon, Eastern time, around 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we go till whenever, about 11 or 12. Uh, and then sometimes on Saturdays. Cool. Booster Greg. Yeah, you can find me over at twitch.tv forward slash Booster Greg. I'm live Monday and Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Unless I get antsy and I can't wait. And then I'm live a little bit earlier. Uh, we play pretty much basically whatever I want. I also am the host of, as Rob said earlier, Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. Yes, the final season is coming out at some point when I can have the time to edit it because I am also picking up or have picked up another project that's called Avatar, the podcast, which is so much fun. It's so amazing. Uh, co- my co-host, Acorn Bandit, and I are going through the entire Avatar, the last Airbender universe all the media that we can find on it, we are going through. Right now, we are almost done with book one, which is ridiculous to think about. Yeah, so, that's insane. Yeah, like those launch on yesterday. Yeah, I know. It's, I lo- I've forgotten so much about it. I love it. I just gush about it forever, but I won't, I'll stop myself. Some self-control I have. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's all the stuff that I'm doing. All right. Pumpkinberry. Yeah. Hi, I'm Pumpkinberry. Um, you can find me at Twitch and Twitter at Pumpkinberry, and you can see all the crazy projects that I'm up to at pumpkinberry.tv. I um, stream on Twitch, but I also host a couple of podcasts, just a few. And uh, I also am a showrunner over on the Tabletop RPG actual play channel called Table Story. So I run some shows over there as well. Okay. Thanks, Rob. And you have a new podcast. I do. It is if you're fans of Dark on Netflix. I uh, we've or I think episode three we've already released and we're recording episode four tomorrow. By the time people see this, yeah. there'll be even more. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. Well, uh, just as a final reminder, please check out all the podcasts on the Geek Generation Network by visiting thegeekgeneration.com/network. I would go over mine individually, but there's more than we have time for. Um, <laughs> you can, you can find can, all these people there on those assorted shows. Right? This mm-hmm. is true. That's true. Uh, you can give our stream team a follow over at twitch.tv/thegeekgeneration. You can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at the Rob Logan because we have a pretentious love before my name. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you'd like to tell us what your top games of the past decade are you can join our community discord over at thegeekgeneration.com slash discord thanks so much for watching us today we hope to see you and talk to you in the future bye everybody thanks guys the geek generation is part of the geek generation network if you like this show be sure to check out our other podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com please rate the show and write a review on apple podcasts if you do we may read it on an upcoming episode You can chat with us in our Discord server at thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord. And we'd love it if you headed on over there and shared your most influential video games with us. You can support this show and get access to exclusive bonus content 
by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we'll see you then. Later. Make it so.